I expect Wisconsin football to play at a great level this season. And I think that for the seventh time since the establishment of divisions in the Big Ten, whether it's East and West or Leaders and Legends, I think for the seventh time, you will see the Wisconsin Badgers play in Indianapolis for a chance to win the Big Ten championship. Now, Wisconsin hasn't won in the Big Ten championship game since 2012. And really, they were third in their division that year. They placed behind Penn State and Ohio State, who had sanctions and therefore couldn't play in any non-regular season games. Ohio State went 12-0, Penn State went 8-4. Both programs that year had very great years given their preseason expectations and the sanctions levied against them. Wisconsin started that year nearly in the top 10 and had a dramatic fall-off going, I think it was 7-5 and five in the regular season, but because of the sanctioned programs, they were the next best team in line to go to Indianapolis. They beat Nebraska in just a, a bloodbath, something that shouldn't have been on TV, and they ran for over 400 or over 500 yards against, at that time, a 10-2 and two Bo Pelini team that was slated to go to the Rose Bowl after beating a 7-5 and five Wisconsin team, which they didn't. And that was the last time Wisconsin ever won the Big Ten championship game in kind of a fluke way. And many would think that the only way Wisconsin could win the Big Ten championship game would be in a fluke way, because Penn State, Michigan, and Ohio State exist. They all reside in the Big Ten East, and Wisconsin's lost to Ohio State and Penn State in Indianapolis. They've lost to Michigan in general before whether it was their last meeting in Madison in 2021 or the many other times that Paul Christ took his team to Ann Arbor in non-COVID years and just got dominated on the defensive and or offensive side of the football. But I'm telling you, even though I have this team in my preseason top 10 and I've picked them to win the Big Ten West, I think that because of Luke Fickle, and the staff he has assembled, the fact that Wisconsin has 17 returning starters, and they are in the top quarter of teams in the Big Ten in returning production, I think that they could win the Big Ten, and it wouldn't be a fluke. Now, that's not to say it wouldn't be a bold preseason prediction, and that's not to say that it would be un unlikely. It, it would, in fact, be unlikely. It's not to say it would be likely. Pardon me. And I'm not going to be predicting that. But there are many different possibilities and many different outcomes. And I want to discuss what Wisconsin's ceiling is in this video. Before we go any further, I encourage you to hit that like button. Comment your thoughts on Wisconsin football down below. Tell me what you think Wisconsin's 2023 ceiling is. And subscribe to the channel and hit the notification bell if you want to see more Wisconsin football videos more Big Ten videos, and more college football content in general. I think that Wisconsin Badgers can go higher than a top 10 finish and then what would be thought of, typically thought of, as a 10-4, 11-3, 12-2 record, winning the Big Ten West, but losing a few games, definitely one or two regular season games, likely losing in the Big Ten championship game, and probably winning their bowl game or potentially losing it. Whatever outcome you think fits most accurately in your head. 
That's what the typical expectation would be for a Wisconsin team who wins the Big Ten West. You get a 10, 11, 12 wins, of course, would be exceptional, but with the weaker Big Ten West schedules, it is, of course, possible. Now, what hasn't happened before is Wisconsin going to the college football playoff? Is Wisconsin meeting a dominant team in a New Year's Six Bowl and winning? Wisconsin's only two New Year's Six Bowl wins in the Paul Christ era came against Western Michigan in the Cotton Bowl in 2016 and against Miami, Florida in the Orange Bowl to conclude the 2017 season. Neither of those New Year's Six Bowl opponents were dominant. In fact, neither deserved to be in the top 10. And Western Michigan deserved to be in the New Year's Six Bowl that year because they were the highest-ranked Group of Five team. Miami, Florida that year was the definition of a paper tiger. They started out 10-0. They lost to Pittsburgh on Black Friday. They got blown out by Clemson in the ACC championship game, and they got dominated by Wisconsin. Completely floored by Wisconsin in the Orange Bowl. The only team of any value that they beat was Notre Dame who they blew out in the middle of the season, and Notre Dame themselves finished 10-3. and So Wisconsin typically, under Paul Christ, has, they never beat any team that, was a, that played at the highest level. Now, that doesn't mean that Wisconsin didn't achieve anything under Paul Christ. They had a 13-1 season in 2017. Michigan didn't have a 13-win season until last year. Michigan State only had one 13-win season under Mark D'Antonio, one of the greatest, if not the greatest, coach in Spartan football history, and that was 2013. Having a 13-win season anywhere, Group of Five, Power Five, is very impressive. And Wisconsin beat a ranked Iowa, they beat a ranked Michigan that year, they played competitively with an angry Ohio State team that season. In 2016, no one expected Wisconsin to do anything. Iowa was largely favored to win that division, but Iowa, they lost to North Dakota State at home that year, and Wisconsin just kept winning games. They stunned LSU at Lambeau Field in the first game of the season. They crushed, at that time, a top-10 Michigan State team on the road, who, of course, ended up finishing 3-9, and but it was still an impressive win at the time. Played competitively with Ohio State, played somewhat competitively with Michigan, and they led in the Big Ten Championship game against Penn State for the majority of the game before James Franklin's squad, led by Trace McSorley and Saquon Barkley, stormed back. Wisconsin in 2019 also won the Big Ten West, though they got blown up by Ohio State, lost to Illinois, a bad Illinois team, on the road. They crushed their rival Minnesota, who finished in the top ten that year. They beat Iowa. They also embarrassed Michigan when they hosted Michigan to open up Big Ten Conference play. They lost again to Ohio State, much more competitively in the Big Ten Championship game, and then they lost to Oregon in their only New Year's Six Bowl loss in the Paul Christ era. Though that Oregon team, unlike Western Michigan and unlike Miami, Florida, had a great quarterback, and that was a great team that didn't make the college football playoff due to a loss to Auburn and a loss to Arizona State. If you lose two games, there has not been a two-loss team that has made the four-team playoff, and I don't think there will ever be one. The only time a two-loss team will reach the college football playoff is when it is expanded to 12 teams in 2024. What I'm trying to say is, whether it's Paul Christ in any year, 
no matter the team, Wisconsin just hasn't gotten over the hump yet. And there are plenty of examples of that. I think Luke Fickle can come in in year one and get over the hump. Do what TCU did. Immediately make that jump. Sonny Dykes came in there with all of Gary Patterson's players that he recruited and that he developed. And in one preseason of development of schematic overhaul, and that doesn't sound like a whole lot, but it is, and with hard work and hiring a great staff, he got it done. And he overachieved beyond what anyone thought was possible. Well beyond it. Gary Patterson had not had that kind of success since 2014 when his team was snubbed from the college football playoff. They were top four. They sat there because the Big 12 at that time didn't have a championship game, and Ohio State passed TCU. Now, that Ohio State team ended up winning the national championship that year, and in, let's be honest, terms here, in the real world, in an ideal world at least, Florida State was worse than both TCU and Ohio State. It should have been TCU who made it instead of Florida State, but they were undefeated, and we live in an imperfect world. So I digress. But what TCU did last year is what I think Wisconsin can do this year. That's what I think their ceiling is. Where this team can reach the college football playoff, or if they don't do that, they can win their conference, the Big Ten, which would be shocking. It would be something that would come totally out of nowhere, as the Big Ten West has never beaten the East in the Big Ten championship game. But... This team will have one of the best offensive tackle rooms in the nation and one of the best running back rooms in the nation. And that's a fantastic start. You have great pass protection. The Badgers also have a solid interior O-line, and they have a good run game to go along with it. Braylon Allen has had two seasons in a row with a 1,000 or more rushing yards. And Ches Malusi, who's a graduate transfer who transferred in from Clemson prior to the 2021 season, he's been a solid running back since day one. Now, Braylon Allen ended up emerging and surpassing him on the depth chart, but Malusi has been competent. He's done what's asked of him, and he's a great running back who would start at a variety of Power 5 programs. He just happens to be playing behind one of the nation's best running backs in Braylon Allen. So Wisconsin is a two-headed monster there, and they have some other players like Cade Yacomelli, Jackson Aker, and then Tanner Bordellini who have an opportunity to get playing time there. Tanner Bordellini is actually listed, strangely, as a running back and as a left guard, according to rlads.com. I don't know if that's an error or not, but Tanner Bordellini is also a part of an interior offensive line that contains incoming transfer Jake Renfro. Jake Renfro was the starting center at Cincinnati under Luke Fickle last season, Michael Fertney will be the right guard. Tanner Bordellini is the left guard. At tackle, though, you have Jack Nelson and Riley Maleman. That's the projected starting tackle room for Wisconsin. Also, there's Trey Wedig, Nolan Rusi, Max Rader, and then Barrett Nelson. And those are the projected, that's the tackle room. They have one of the best tackle rooms in the nation. This offensive line is going to be I would say confidently a top 10 offensive line, I think. They have a lot of experience. Last year, there was some experience and development that was lacked. I think that strength and conditioning has been upgraded. I think Wisconsin has a new, great 
starting center. Joe Huber is another incoming transfer, and he is going to be the second-string center, according to rlads.com, behind Jake Renfro. So this offensive line is going to be phenomenal. And Tanner Mordecai, Braden Locke, Nick Evers, but especially Mordecai because he's obviously going to be the starter. He's going to need all the project, the, all the protection that he can get, all of the protection, because as we saw in the spring game, and spring games aren't everything, but Wisconsin struggled in the spring game. They very much struggled, and their strength is not wide receiver either, because it wasn't just the quarterback who struggled in the spring game. Tanner Mordecai threw four interceptions, but C.J. Williams had plenty of drops, plenty of drops, and Chimere DK was the only competent wide receiver, the only good wide receiver at least, in that room last season. If the air raid is going to work and Wisconsin wants to move past grounding and pounding, they're going to have to have more than one competent or good wide receiver. We know DK is that. We'll have to see if CJ Williams can become that. Tight end for Wisconsin is also an area of, I wouldn't say concern, because Clay Cundiff, Jack Puh, Jack Essenbaugh, and Hayden Rusi, I think that's actually a very deep tight end room. But when it comes to the receiving game, they haven't been, they have not been active. They haven't been like a Jake Ferguson, for example, at Wisconsin, who left the school after 2021 to pursue the NFL. That was a phenomenal tight end in receiving, blocking, just a great tight end overall. First team all Big Ten, I do believe. And they don't have that. Wisconsin doesn't have that, I don't think. So that doesn't help either because the receiver room seems to be down. Tanner Mordecai, on the other hand, top 50 in QBR last year, had over 3,000 passing yards, 33 passing touchdowns, 10 interceptions. So Wisconsin definitely has an upgrade at quarterback, no matter if the offense fits or not. And by fits or not, I don't mean fits Tanner Mordecai. I think the offense obviously fits him. But whether with the whole team, the returning starters, and the culture, the identity, whether all of that ends up working together and it's glued together by the time the season begins or if it's a work in progress or it's a complete disaster, no matter what, you cannot get worse than Graham Mertz. You can't. Unless somehow you're Spencer Petrus, but we're not going to be talking about that. Wisconsin on offense, I think overall, is going to be, they're going to be upgraded compared to last year. I think that that's more likely than not. Defensively, they'll have a great linebacker room, and the defensive line and the secondary, while there are some questions there, they do return some production. Most notably, Isaiah Mullins on defensive end and Kamoi Latu at strong safety to where they can be explosive. Also, Ricardo Hallman and Alexander Smith, the corners of Mike Tressel's 3-3-5 defense that they're installing, they had a phenomenal spring game. The corners did. They were the ones who collected the interceptions that read the quarterbacks perfectly. And again, spring games don't mean everything, but... They can sometimes give you an idea of where the program is, at least in the moment. A perfect example is Justin Fields in 2019, before Ohio State began its regular season. He had a terrible spring game. And to a certain degree, it's understandable because he just got on the field, just got in the locker room for Ohio State after coming from Georgia, after their 2018 season, 
and it's going to take time to adjust. So I can only imagine that Justin Fields was struggling in the 2019 preseason, but being the elite quarterback he is, who is going to make a case for possibly being one of the greater NFL players this coming season, though I don't know nearly as much about the NFL as I do college football, we'll have to see whether Tanner Mordecai is that or not. Mordecai was very successful at SMU. He played at Oklahoma before going to SMU and definitely showed that he is capable of being a starter, but his worst games are against Power 5 opponents and against great defenses, specifically. And playing at SMU, he's had to play TCU every year, and he's had to play... He's had to play TCU every year. He played Maryland in 2022, and I think in 2021... No, not in 2021, but he played him in 2022, played top five Cincinnati in 2021, and played a, a good Cincinnati team, a good Tulane team, and a good UCF team in 2022 against the ranked teams, against good teams where he struggles. And I have Michigan, Ohio State, Iowa, Penn State, and Minnesota and Illinois at six Big Ten teams projected to have top 20 overall defenses. And they'll probably be higher in scoring defenses. And Michigan, Iowa, Minnesota too, returning some key safeties there. Ohio State, Penn State. Those teams will have phenomenal secondaries, or at least great secondaries. And Minnesota and Iowa and Ohio State, who their secondary had some questions last year, but I think with coaching in the portal, they're going to get it right. Wisconsin's going to have to face teams with elite defenses, and I don't know if Tanner Mordecai has ever faced a, an elite defense at SMU. I don't think he has. So there are certainly some questions, but they have a great linebacker room. They have a ton of upside. I think they will have a top 10 defense this coming season. I definitely think that for sure. And the question that I posed sort of at the beginning of the video is can they get over the hump and win big games? Can they do that? Paul Chris was 5-9 and nine in top 10 games, 0-3 in Big Ten championship games. If you were to include top 25 games, the win percentage actually does get worse. There were a lot of seasons where he lost to teams that at the time were close to the top 10, but weren't ranked in the top 10. Maybe to end the season they were, but at the time they weren't. If you look into top 25 records or records against Big Ten East teams, especially on the road, the record gets worse significantly. In big games, in games that mattered, when it, at least it came to winning the Big Ten or conference championships or beating high-quality opponents, not high-quality at the time, but high-quality when the season ends, when we know as much as we can about a team, or reaching the college football playoff, Paul Chris just couldn't get it done. And I think complacency got him, and I don't think complacency has anything remotely close to do with Luke Fickle. So I really like where Wisconsin's going for 2023. What about more specifically what I think? Like, What do I think of this roster? How many starters do they return? Where are they in returning production, strength of schedule? And what do I think their ceiling is? Well, as you can see, I think their ceiling is incredibly, incredibly high. I think this team can go 14-1. and one. I think that they can reach the national championship game. Again, like what I said earlier, they can do what TCU did. 
TCU went 13-2. and They had to rematch with Kansas State in in Arlington, I think is where the Big 12 championship game is. They had to rematch with Kansas State, and they lost to them in the Big 12 championship game, and they beat Michigan in a very impressive win, and then they faced off against Georgia, and the rest is history. We don't need to go there. I think Wisconsin having a better blue-chip ratio, having better depth, I think especially having better offensive line play, they're also certainly, I think, this year going to have a better defense, scoring, total, execution, and, and even by the eye test, I think they'll have a much better defense this year than TCU did last year. I think that they have an, an even higher ceiling than TCU had last season. I think this team can go 14-1. and one. I think they're destined to lose a game at some point. They just don't have the depth. They have the coaching, but they don't have the depth or they don't have the talent to go 15-0. and 0 and be one of the greatest teams of all time. Now, it's an absolute ceiling. They're probably not going to go 14-1. and I'm certainly not predicting it. It'd be a bold prediction, but part of it in my mind would be believable. 15-0, no. I think this team's floor is 8-5. and They have a lower floor than a lot of teams that you would give a ceiling of 14-1 and would have. And that's because there's some unpredictability here. Year one, with a new head coach with a team that is third in returning production in the Big Ten and returns 17 starters, but they have a new quarterback, they're installing a totally new scheme, and on talent alone, on talent alone, especially with the transfer portal, they probably could, definitely could, squeak out nine or maybe ten games, even if the offense just totally doesn't work and they have to go back to a run game and Tanner Mordecai and the wide receivers don't work out. But against Ohio State, Minnesota, maybe on the road at Illinois before Ohio State, maybe on the road at Washington State, or at home versus Iowa, or maybe Matt Rule and Nebraska pull it together and they're a good team when they come into Madison, there are definitely spots for Wisconsin to lose games and lose more than just a game to a phenomenal Ohio State team, what should be an Ohio State team that, in my opinion, has an opportunity to be one of the greatest teams of the college football playoff era, or perhaps as Ohio State does every year with the talent they have, become one of the greatest teams in college football history if they go 15-0, if everything plays into their hands, and if they do all they can to win. But at Illinois, hosting Iowa, Washington State, Nebraska, Minnesota, those are losable games for Wisconsin. I don't think there's much of a chance for the Badgers to lose all of those games, but PJ Flex gotten the better of the Badgers for the past two seasons. Ohio State has been a team that Wisconsin has not beaten. They have not beaten the Buckeyes since 2010. Wisconsin hasn't. In fact, they've rarely competed with the Buckeyes since that upset over the at the time the number one Ohio State Jim Tressel led Buckeyes in 2010. Iowa's a team that Wisconsin um, generally has in the bag when they play them at home. They luckily get, not Ohio State, but they get Iowa and Camp Randall this season. Washington State on the road, Minnesota on the road, Illinois on the road. I think, to me, that communicates a total trap game because Luke Fickle's going to want to play Ohio State the toughest and the hardest that he can. According to ESPN, Wisconsin is the 25th hardest remaining strength of schedule in the country. That's 
a projected strength of schedule metric, and they're also ranked 20th in ESPN's Football Power Index. I, in my own preseason poll, have them at number 9, and I'm projecting them to have an 11-3 record. I'll even give you a sneak peek of what bowl game I think they go to, because I do have bowl projections out, and bowl projections are going to be a part of my top 25 and Big Ten and conference predictions moving forward. So the next time you see me drop a top 25 video or a conference prediction video, there will be championship game projections and bowl projections. For the Wisconsin Badgers, Wisconsin, I have them losing to Ohio State and once again losing to Minnesota on the road. I think Ohio State is just so good of a team, and Ryan Day, very good coach. They have a great staff. Wisconsin, even if everything goes their way, may not be ready to face Ohio State. Wisconsin could play the best game that they've played in decades. And they could use their talent and maximize their potential to 110%. And because Ohio State is that great of a team with that much talent, Ohio State could play at like 90%. Maybe, boldly, I'll say 80% and still win. And I think Ohio State's the number two team in the country. Minnesota, I think, has a mental edge over Wisconsin now. And it's going to be on the road at Minnesota, which is a very loud underrated, and intimidating home environment. In the bowl game, I think that Wisconsin will be playing in the Citrus Bowl against Ole Miss, where I do think they will beat the Ole Miss Rebels. Obviously, I have them losing in the Big Ten championship game. And I say obviously, and maybe that contradicts the fact that I think they can win the Big Ten, but as I've stated earlier, I'm not picking them to win the Big Ten. It's a bold prediction for sure if anyone picks them to win the Big Ten, but unlike Iowa or really anyone in the Big Ten West, I can actually see the Badgers pulling off a Big Ten championship victory. Is it unlikely? Yes. Is it near, maybe near impossible? I could say so. But for Iowa or for a team like Nebraska or Illinois or Purdue, or Northwestern, I'd say it's impossible for them to win the Big Ten Championship. And in the case of some programs like Purdue, Northwestern, Illinois, they have to figure out how to get to Indianapolis this year before they can even think about winning it, because the state of their programs or their schedule or how much they've lost or coaching turnover, all of those things do not play to their advantage. Wisconsin, I feel like so much plays to their advantage. They only play Ohio State from the east. They avoid Penn State, they avoid Michigan. They I mean they they avoid Penn State, Michigan, and they avoid Michigan State as well, and they even avoid Maryland. So Indiana and Rutgers are I think definitely going to be at the bottom of the Big 10 East next year. Ohio State will be in the top 2, but they don't play the middle of the road in the east and they avoid Michigan and Penn State who can also contend for the top of the conference. So the schedule works in their favor. The roster looks good. The coaching is going to be one of the best in America. I think they have a top 10 defensive coordinator, a top 10 head coach in Luke Fickle, and a top 20, top 25 offensive coordinator, maybe top 15, top 10 in Phil Longo, who has worked with North Carolina and with quarterbacks like Drake May and Sam Howell for years 
and is the only reason I think that North Carolina has won anything under Mac Brown's second tenure. The offenses have been phenomenal there. Whether it takes a year or longer to develop, we'll see. Maybe it never works out. That could be a scenario, but I think far more likely than not, Luke Fickle is going to be a successful hire, and I hope, and I will say, that at some point, Wisconsin will bring home a Big Ten championship. I think that they're going to recruit better with Fickle. I think that they're going to develop better with Fickle. Look what he did at Cincinnati, and I know it wasn't against Power 5 competition, but he beat Notre Dame, and Cincinnati has more inferior talent and much less resources than the Badgers do. So he joined a tougher conference, Luke Fickle did, but he also gained access to a lot more resources and a plethora of connections and pipelines thanks to the Big Ten Conference. So I think Wisconsin's future is bright, and I think that this team can show the future and that the future will be bright in year one. Thank you for watching this video. If you liked it, please hit the like button, subscribe to the channel, and comment your thoughts down below. Thank you guys for watching, and I'll see you all around. Bye-bye.